We meet today in Psalm chapter 120 to 122. Psalm 120 talks of the living conditions of the pilgrim. Actually, this psalm brings us to a new series in the book of Psalms. A series is a package of 15 psalms beginning with 120 to 134. And each psalm is called a song of ascent. That is as indicated in our Bibles. In other Bibles, it is also called a song of degrees. What we have here is, as Martin Luther translated it, the gradual psalms, songs of the higher choir. An outstanding Hebrew scholar has actually translated it as songs of the pilgrim caravans or on the homeward marches. You see, these 15 psalms were traveling songs, and I think they were used in two different ways. First, when the captives returned from Babylon, they sang them on their way to Jerusalem. This same use of the term, going up, is used in Ezra 7 verse 9, which says, On the first day of the first month, he began his journey from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifteenth month, he came to Jerusalem according to the hand of his God upon him. That's the idea, going up to Jerusalem. This verse is speaking of Ezra's going up from Babylon to Jerusalem. However, the most common use of these psalms was during the three times each year when the Israelites went as God has commanded them to Jerusalem to worship. God had required the males to go, and when they went, they took their families along. As they started to Jerusalem from all over the civilized world, they were scattered at this time. They would sing these psalms, the songs of ascents. One day it would be one of the psalm, the next day another, and as they came closer and higher as they approached Jerusalem, they continued to sing them until they came to the final psalm, 134, when they would be standing in the sanctuary of the Lord, singing his praises. So this is the reason they are called songs of ascents or degrees and songs of the pilgrim caravans. You will recall that we have one incident recorded by Dr. Luke in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ between the time of his virgin birth and the beginning of his ministry at the age of 30 years. The Lord, who was then 12 years old, went with his parents to Jerusalem to celebrate one of the feasts. A day's journey from Jerusalem, all of the caravans would meet so that they would go to Jerusalem together. It was a time of fellowship, a time of renewing friendships, talking over old times, and even telling others how things were going. Then they would journey together to Jerusalem singing these psalms. The place where the caravans met is still pretty well known today, and it was one day's journey out of Jerusalem. When the feast was over, the parents of the Lord Jesus found that he was missing when they were at this place, and they had to return to the city to look for him. 
This account is found in Luke 2, verse 41 to verse 50. Now, you may be wondering if we can be sure that these psalms were used this way. Yes, my friend. Psalm 122, verse 3 to verse 4 gives us this information. We read, it says, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Yes, they were sung three times during the year, at the feast of the Passover, the Pentecost, and Tabernacles, as they traveled toward Jerusalem to thank God, to worship Him, and to offer sacrifices. Now, there is a spiritual meaning also in these 15 Psalms. It is interesting that many writers of the Talmud pointed out the fact that life is like this. It is an ascent. We come to God as sinners who are away from him, separated and alienated. We come to him for salvation. And having come for salvation, we go on to sanctification as we grow in grace and in the knowledge of truth. So it is a constant going up. Therefore, these psalms can be sung by a growing Christian. We are to be climbing in a spiritual way. My friend, you and I ought to be further along today than we were last year. Don't remain where you have been. These psalms remind us of the need to keep on growing in our faith. Now we begin this journey with Psalm 120. And in this psalm, we are looking at the pilgrim and we will find out where he lives. He is still far away, but he has started his journey. Here is Psalm 120, verse 1 to verse 7. In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? Sharp arrows of the arrow, with coals of the broom tree, woe is me that I dwell in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedah. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Now, this is one of the most marvelous psalms that we have had, and it is relevant to the present hour, especially for the nation of Israel. The pilgrim in this psalm said he lived in Meshech in Kedah. Who was Meshech? Meshech was one of the sons of Japheth. Genesis 10 verse 2 tells us of the sons of Japheth. Goma and Magog and Madai and Javan and Tubal and Meshech and Tiras. Now from the sons of Japheth came the Gentile nations. And Israel today is scattered among the Gentiles throughout the world. So where are they? They dwelled in Meshech. Kida was the son of Ishmael. Does that tell you anything, my friend? The pilgrim was living among the Arabs, the Ishmaelites. That is rather up to date as it is today. Notice that even in verse 2, he cries out, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. It doesn't sound as if he is living in a good neighborhood, does it? 
The people he has around them, they have mean tongues. The man who sojourned in Meshach had been maligned and lied about. I do believe that no people have actually been lied about, maligned, and even persecuted as much as the Jews. We hear much about minority groups today, and the interesting thing is that the Jew has been able to make his way among all the nations and the peoples, but he has been criticized the whole time. Antisemitism has been reeled down through the ages, yet the Jew has been able to survive all of it. The Jews are a minority group among the Gentiles and among the people of the world, and they lived in the place of gossip, quarrel, tension, problems, and burdens, even as it is today. Also, this can be said of you and me. If you are a child of God, you can be maligned, you can be criticized, you can be ridiculed. You live among people who gossip and quarrel and tensions and burdens are all over the place. Now, not only did the pilgrim live among people with mean tongues, but he also lived in a world of war. So he said, My soul has long dwelled within him who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. You see, that is rather up to date also. It is a wonder the higher critics who like to give a late dating of scripture haven't suggested this psalm was written in the present century. Well, it certainly describes the Jews' current situation. Now it is time to pack up his troubles in his old kit bag and start toward Jerusalem. However, the pilgrim leaves his burdens at home. He leaves his Meshach and his Keda and starts for Jerusalem to worship his God. And Jerusalem is the city of peace. It is not that today. It is rather a dangerous place actually to be. But it was different in the days of the pilgrim, and it will be different in the future. Psalm 121. The pilgrim sees the hills of Judea come into view now. This psalm is the next song of ascents or degrees as the pilgrim travels to Jerusalem to worship his God. We had a glimpse into his home situation, which he had left as he started on his way. Now this psalm tells us, and we can see him, in the distant hills of Jerusalem. He is now going towards Jerusalem. And so he says, I lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. Psalm 121 verse 1. Now, I think it would be well to change this verse because it is obviously a question rather than a statement. This verse is a question, not a statement. This man is not looking to the hills for his help. Rather, he is looking to God. So the verse should actually state it like this. Shall I lift my eyes to the hills? From whence comes my help? His answer is actually in the next verse as you would see. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Verse 2 of Psalm 121. The pilgrim here knows his help comes from God and not from the hills. As the pilgrim draws near to Jerusalem, and it makes no difference if he comes from the north, east, south, or west, 
he will have to go through hills. Now, recently when I visited Jerusalem, I came into Jerusalem from Tel Aviv and found out that there were hills all over the place. I spent three days in Jerusalem. We went out three times towards the east, towards the north, and even the south. From the Jordan River, the country is pretty ragged. That was the same for the north and for the south and direction. No matter from what direction you approach Jerusalem, you are in the hills. You also have to go down the valley and climb up into Jerusalem from any direction. Now, that is what makes sense out of this pilgrim song. As the pilgrim comes to the place where he can see the hills of Judea, he sees places of heathen worship on the tops of the hills. That is where the heathens erected their altars. And he says, Shall I lift up my eyes to the hills? From whence comes my help? It doesn't come from the tops of those hills because they were heathen worshippers. Actually, Jeremiah commented on this subject when he said, Truly, in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitudes of mountains. Truly, in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. Jeremiah 3 verse 23. So this is what is contained in this song and in this song of the pilgrim as he draws near Jerusalem. He says, my help comes from the Lord. Listen to him in verse 3 to verse 4. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He will not allow your foot to be moved. Means that God won't allow you to stagger. You will not stumble. Next is Psalm 121 verse 6 to verse 8. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and even forevermore. You see, this pilgrim is not looking to the hills for strength. Rather, he is looking to the Lord for help. Jehovah is his keeper. You will notice that in verses 7 and verse 8, we are told that the Lord shall preserve you. This has to do with the wonderful keeping power of God. He preserves you. Peter said it like this, who are kept by the power of God. In First Peter 1 verse 5, you see, there are two ways to preserve fruits or vegetables. That is, you can preserve fruits or vegetables in sugar or in vinegar. Many Christians are preserved both ways, my friend. Those preserved in sugar are the nice, sweet people. The others are preserved in vinegar, and that speaks for itself. Now, the pilgrim here is moving toward Jerusalem. He travels through the hills and camps along the route. The hotels had not yet been built, so the travelers going to Jerusalem had to camp along the way. They were looking to Jehovah to keep them. What a glorious assurance that is. And the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord. He won't let me stagger and fall. 
There are other references to this in the scriptures. For example, Proverbs 3 verse 26 says, For the Lord shall be your confidence and shall keep your foot from being taken. He won't let you fall, my friend. Psalm 37 verse 24 says, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. In 1 Samuel 2 verse 9, Hannah said, He will keep the feet of his saints. Isn't that amazing? One of the last benedictions in the Bible occurs in the little epistle of Jude. And it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. That is Jude. You see, God is able to keep us. He is the keeper of Israel and he is the keeper of his own people today. Notice that he keeps us both day and night. He doesn't slumber or sleep. When they came for the night, they were sleeping in a strange country. God didn't sleep. He was still watching over the pilgrims. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor moon by night. You see, they traveled at certain seasons when the sun was really hot. And I know how hot that sun can be over there. But he said he would keep them in the scorching heat. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. That is an assurance, my friend. Psalm chapter 122 is another excellent pilgrim song of ascend the pilgrim now comes within the sight of jerusalem this is the third song of ascend in psalm 120 we saw the jew in distress he was in a neighborhood that was unfavorable to him he was being talked about and lied about he leaves that and he takes his family and goes up to jerusalem to celebrate one of the feasts of the jews in Psalm 121, he comes within the sight of the Judean hills. He continues traveling until he reaches the wonderful city of God. This is where the tribes come to celebrate the feast of the Lord. Let's hear him. Here is Psalm 122, verse 1 to verse 4. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. You see here, this pilgrim, the weary pilgrim, after their long journey, they stand at last in the gates of their beloved city, Jerusalem. What do they do? They lift their eyes to the temple. There it stands with its shining gold, glittering in the bright sunlight. A glad cry passed from lip to lip. Let us go to the house of the Lord. And the pilgrim said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. 
You see, this beautiful psalm is also a prophecy. It is a millennial psalm looking forward to the time when all the tribes will go up to Jerusalem and assemble themselves for worship. They have been out of their city for a long time. They actually do not have full possession of that city even today. They cannot build their temple on the temple site because today the mosque of Omar is there. All of the sacred places are pretty well covered by the Gentiles. In Hosea chapter 3, verse 4 to verse 5, we read, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without effort or teraphim. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. My friend, there is going to be a millennial Jerusalem, not just the current Jerusalem. And what will be the returning tribes finding when they come? What will they find? Actually, Dr. Geblin describes it this way, and it is a wonderful way to actually end this uh, discussion today. What they will find, according to Geblin's description, is a magnificent city, compacted together, not only architecturally, a vast, a great, a beautiful city, but compacted together spiritually. Her warfare is over. She is no longer in strife and in danger of attack. My friend, this will be the city of Jerusalem in the millennial kingdom. And what a glorious prospect this psalm pictures and presents before us. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org